You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It's Wednesday, August 19th, 2022, joined by my co-host and friend, Christina Dennis. Hello there, Damon Frank. How are you today? I am doing great. It is a Wednesday. I can't believe it. We're halfway through August. I always feel like the time machine, man. It's like, I can't believe we're halfway through July, August. I do it a lot because it's kind of shocking. Is time moving faster, Christina? It does. It does. Percentages. If you think about your having one year when you're eight, that's, you know, whatever that is. Or one year when you're 10, that's 10%. One year when you're <clears throat> 50, that's a lot yeah. smaller of a percentage. So yes, it literally is going faster for us. Well, we want to let everybody uh, know uh, that's younger that is listening to the Recovered Life Show. That is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> There's wow. so much more. We <laughs> started There's this up so on a positive more. note already. <laughs> hey, listen, we've got a good we've got a good show. I want to say we this do. is going to be a great show because we're going to talk about something that affects a lot of people. We've seen it in the people that we coach. Uh, we've seen it in ourselves, obviously. Uh, before we get to this topic. Because you guys are going to love this. I want to do a little brief uh, plug here for the Recovered Life Show and Recovered Life Discussions. Guys, if you are not listening to the Recovered Life Discussions on the podcast, you are missing out. Christine and I, four days a week on Clubhouse, host mm-hmm. these discussions anywhere from rewiring your brain to setting healthy boundaries to how to get unstuck, planning your sober week, four days a week, 9 a.m., on Clubhouse. We're there. You can find out more about it by going to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Join us for a discussion and you can be part of the Recovered Life movement. Christina. All right. Christina, Christina. This is one of my favorites. We've got a great show. This is a good one here. Here's the topic. (laughs) Clearing out emotional clutter. I love emotions, as you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes I think you and I kind of duel it out about feelings aren't facts. And I'm like, they are facts. You know, feelings are maybe not facts, but they are important. And I love and and I want to say this. When I first got sober, I had no idea the emotions that would come up. Right. But anybody who has used alcohol and drugs or codependency in a maladaptive way has been stuffing their feelings, right? And they've been stuffing them deep. I mean, it is self-medicating to drink your emotions away. And what we have learned in the last 30 years has been phenomenal. And you said, uh, you know, I, you kind of alluded to maybe there's somebody out there who doesn't have it. And I don't agree. I believe everyone has emotional clutter. Now that might be a person who is not willing to go there, but this has changed my life. And I believe that when people say sobriety changed their life, they're talking about this, right? I I would agree. Right. Because you get to move forward. And what we know about trauma responses, which, you know, sometimes are called character defects or different things is that uh, that the stressor is not the same as the stress cycle in your body. So we, a lot of times will think, and you've heard this as a coach, cause I've heard it. 
I stopped drinking. Why do I have all of these problems? I would even say in our our birthday celebration of you that we even mentioned, oh, life gets a little harder. And it's because that freeze mode as a trauma response, mm. which is kind of the same thing when you're drinking, you're not actually moving the stress cycle out of your body. Plus, yeah. all of us have this maladaptive way of treating feelings and emotions. And I think that, you know, denial is something that we use as a survival tactic until we can't anymore. And alcohol is well, definitely the lubricant. Let, let's go back a little bit too, Christina, because I want to define what emotional clutter is too. Please. And I think, you know, you, you've linked that trauma response to it, which I agree, but you know, clutter, when we're talking about clutter, we're talking about something typically it's defined as untidy. It's just laying yes. around, has yes. no purpose. Or if it has purpose, it's just everywhere, right? There's more. And yes. I think, yeah, it's carrying around things that are unorganized, unkempt, and unneeded, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and I, 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 when I look at emotional clutter, especially when I'm looking at myself or when I'm working with other people, I'm like, why is this being carried around? And I see emotional clutter being carried around primarily in stories. And we talk mm. about this in the Recovered Life uh, discussion on Stuck Room. Uh, right. Ann and I dive into this every week. There's always a story behind this. And you see this a lot in 12-step groups where it could be somebody who had a divorce, a woman had a divorce. They frame everything on the divorce. You could be yes. talking about where do you want to go to fellowship? You know, you want club sandwiches, you want tacos, you want burgers. They frame it all like, well, you know, I'm divorced and I'm like the whole thing. Same thing with guys do it with business stuff and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, right? They frame everything. And we, and I know people who frame everything, they have emotional clutter. They can't let go of the perceived failing right. that they're an alcoholic. Everything right. that they say, well, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I'm, <laughs> you know, it's like, get over it. Like, you know. You're yes. been sober for 10 years, like enough. Yes. That's not the reason that you're struggling in your marriage, or that's not the reason exactly. that you're not getting a promotion. And I, you know, I so agree. And I think that's still denial in many ways, right? It's one story, one perspective. And, you know, flexibility in our perspective is the key to moving forward. Having just a little bit of willingness to look at the story from a different angle. And there are, it's one of the leading causes to burnout, first of all. And we've had shows on burnout. You can have burnout even if you have stopped drinking. And so I think being willing to just say, I got some stuff I have to work on. I do not have it all figured out. You know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, because you and I went that route 20 plus years ago, you know, said of this, we know a very little. And I yeah. see sometimes that people will add another uh, phrase on top of their old belief system that's very black and white. And that's what I think you're saying when you say, I'm an alcoholic. So it's very black and white. There's no other options. And I think that we all have to go root out our stories and see what we're telling ourselves. Well, I, you know, I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple of things, you know, you talked about trauma, mm -hmm. like you got, you went right into the trauma thing, which I agree with. I think that I believe these patterns, clear. right, run no matter how much recovery you have, because there are certain things I know in my life that were caused through trauma that run, even though I have self-awareness, 
even mm-hmm. though I have willingness and even though I'm taking action, they're still, they're still running. Right. So right. I have to say to myself, well, I'm willing to let them go. Like, how come they're not letting go? And, and this is some of the things we talk about where there's been a little bit of a backlash or a rewording of Alcoholics Anonymous when it right. talks about character defects. Right. Right. So there's that. And then there are character defects too. There are things that we carry of around course. simply because we're lazy. We don't, we've right. always done it that way. We don't want to go like, you know, a, a, a good example is, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that have financial insecurity, right? They have yes. a lot of financial issues when they first come into the program and, uh, or get sober. And what happens is, is it's simple of them just calling and paying their bills or paying right. the minimum. It's just right. sending 25, 50 bucks or whatever, which they can do, but they're immobilized because they have, so, they're thinking about all this stuff. It's uncategorized, right? Yes. And I know a lot of the times they say in the program, don't departmentalize your recovery. But I think at some point you have to, you do have to start putting all these random thoughts and emotions into baskets so you yes. can kind of define them about what's actually going on. What, what's, what's this all about? Right. Well, and, and the triggering that puts you into freeze mode, you know, which is, it could be as simple as picking up the phone and starting to make payments toward debt. Um, you know, financial insecurity was a big one of mine when I first got sober. It's been one that's been around for quite some time. You know, most of you who watch us and listen to the podcast know I have a high support needs child and there's a lot of financial you know, instability around that. And so being able, for me, being able to root out the emotional thinking that I have around money was very, very important. I had to go and clean up that clutter that I had, that lack mindset, that fear, you know, that, that, that um, attachment to my value. I mean, it was, it was bigger than just pick up the phone and call and make a bill. And I think that that's sometimes what I think about when I think of emotional clutter. What is the story around it? Because there's a payoff somewhere. Well, you know what? There is. And I think also too, um, I'm going to tell you one of the biggest helps that I've had um, mm-hmm. and I got this through Recovered Life was the um, the emotion wheel. And I know mm-hmm. Stacey Danford and some of the past things that we've done on the neuroscience front, the stuff that you're doing the neuroscience front, is it's so helpful to look at that emotional wheel because I think a lot of emotional clutter are feelings that are unidentified. Yes. Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it, what is it, right? Is it, am I upset? Mm-hmm. It's the not being able to define it. I see this a lot in recovery. It's like, it's the, it's, it's your whole uh, RAM of your internal computer is yes. being absorbed. And this is the this is the thing about emotional clarity that people don't see is that your consciousness, your day-to-day living in the now consciousness is evaporating because right. your internal computer's running this, trying to figure out how to match it up. What right. is it? It's 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 undefined. And so we shut it down and don't want to look at it because it's just too damn scary, right? Because we don't, we can't define it. It's an overwhelming feeling. So let's just run from it. Well, 
and and just so everybody is clear, this is not just a recovery pro problem. I mean, I believe that it's very pronounced in oh, recovery no. because we have years and years of not feeling our feelings or not attaching emotion to them. You know, we froze them in time. That's why they say that you're the emotional, you're the maturity of the age when you start started drinking because there was no no actual you know spiritual growth during those years. But you know. Most adults can only identify identify three emotions, sad, mad, and happy. And we have 179 on that emotional wheel that you just brought up. And if we don't have language to be able to share it with somebody, if we don't know what it feels like, what does this mean? Am I alone? Do other people think this way? Is something wrong with me? Because I think mm -hmm. that's really this, the fear. Is there something wrong with me because I'm sober now, but I'm still uh, unhappy about certain things? And, you know, God bless the people that are like, you know, as long, you know, best day here is, is my worst day in Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. is my, is better than yeah. my best day drinking. And, but I don't necessarily buy that. And I know for my recovery and as a coach, many people need the language, the education and the space in order to express these. And like you said, put them in baskets, tie them up because what you're describing, I always think of it as too many tabs open in my brain. There are yeah, too many tabs absolutely. open and I cannot move forward. You know, Christina, I want to I want to dive into some solutions here because I know both you and I have a di different approaches that we use to clear out emotional clutter. I talk about a lot of mine in my high performance coaching because mm -hmm. if you really want to live your best recovered life, if you really want to play full out, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Wow, I'm just sit and I just obsessively think about all these different feelings and thoughts and emotions, and I can't really define them. I don't know what they are. And it's just taking up all of my personal RAM on right. my uh, sobriety computer. Then you're going to want to hold on because we're going to get into real life solutions that you can do to clear out that emotional clutter. We're going to get right into that after we come back from this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, right. Christina, we promised the, the listeners here that we would dive right into how do you take out the trash on that emotional clutter? How do you flush the toilet? How do you say, no more, I'm done with this, I want to get rid of it? How do you clear it out? I'm going to, let's start with you, Christina. Yes. As a coach, what do you tell people? 
Okay, I always start with embodiment, nervous system, taking care of the nervous system. Because if as long as we are in fight or flight or fawn or freeze, we're not going to be able to actually feel or identify emotions. It's like running a marathon with a 60 pound backpack on you. Mm -hmm. And so first we start with rest and identifying how do you feel inside, allowing yourself to embody your body. And we do not talk enough about embodiment in recovery. We talk a lot about thinking, but we don't necessarily talk about embodiment. So when I work with somebody, we always start with the basic to orient that person toward being willing to sit with the feelings a little bit and start to identify them. And then we do exactly what you said. We dig into some of these stories. We dig into and identify the challenges that are happening right now. And we dig into the stories. We figure out what the payoff is. We figure out what the outdated belief system is, the limiting belief. We take it to its source. And, and because most of us have unhealed trauma from our childhood, we mm -hmm. start to realize that we do have to feel those feelings or do the emotional stress cycle. We have to move it through. And so allowing the feelings to come up, sharing about them in a safe space that you've learned how to create, having good skills so that you can settle yourself down and not have a trigger response where you, you know, it's too much. I've seen a lot of people get very bad coaching because the coach didn't know how to protect the trauma response and to yeah. protect the person and then doing whatever it takes. You know, if it's anger, then we write out anger. You know, we write out, you know, what made us angry about it. Um, a lot of my recovery and a lot of my coaching is around the inner child and these old belief systems that are creating these emotions Many of us run from them even in sobriety at first. And I believe that after your physical sobriety has been addressed, you know, after that, you can come up with, you know, things that you could do every day, yes. literally like exercise, and you can start fixing your emotions or feeling them so that the cycle happens and they've been heard and you don't have to go back and feel that day again. One of the things I like about your approach is that you, you're realizing that your nervous system has to be in a place where you're not in fight or flight. You're right. not all over the place in order to really identify what's going on. One of the things that I think is tough is, is that people just do too much. They're trying to um, identify and define it all at one time. Instead yes. of just identifying it, it's like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. Then they try to justify it or they try to, what I, I like that. It just, you know, just get in a place where you could at least just define it. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Right. And I'm feeling angry around this. Why you're feeling angry, all the other stuff isn't as relevant, I think, in that first step. It's just to, to be able to define that, um, that well, I it, think really works. Yes. And being able to just share it. A lot of these feelings have been stored and not witnessed. And, you know, so our head is fighting our heart in some ways. It's like, well, that was 20 years ago. They did what they could. I'm not here suggesting that we, you know, go paint and swing to the other side and say everything was terrible. It's about that perspective and flexibility. And as an adult, we can look back at some of our traumatic events or where we picked up a belief system because, 
you know, sometimes our parents didn't mean to do things. Sometimes things just happen and there's nobody to blame. And it's that willingness to feel it and then accept it and believe, you know, that it built you to a place that actually protected you. You and I both have, you know, long-term sobriety. So we can look back and see, oh, I was being prepared for this you know, and this helped me, but you cannot numb one feeling, right? And when we learned this from Brene Brown, you cannot numb the pain without numbing the joy. So it's growing and becoming spiritually fit to be able to handle both. Well, I'll tell you, I, I have used a technique, Christina, that, um, really has worked for me. It has worked for a lot of the people that I work with that, uh, takes what you just did, that work that you just did, and it, it kind of applies it in your life. One of the things that you were talking about the nervous system is that I mm-hmm. found that people would say, well, you got to calm down. You got to do this. You got to do that. Uh, sometimes I just couldn't do that, right? Like no. I just couldn't get into space long enough. So what I did is I'm a big, anybody who knows me or anybody who's ever worked for me, you know that I'm big in the three M three by five cards. And yes. I've always got a stack of them around. W- what I learned in this technique that I learned for myself that I've been using with uh, uh, with others is that what I'll do is throughout the day or a week is I'll write these stuff down. Like I keep thinking about this. I keep thinking about mm-hmm. that. Right. I'll put that on the front of the three by five card. Right. Or maybe it's a business thing that I'm doing where I feel frustrated all the time or something. I'll put it down. There's something that I'm on a loop on and I won't, I'll just write it down. I don't just, if I think it, I write it down. And then later in that day, I'll go through those and then I'll try to attach the motions that I have on the back of those yes. or details on those throughout the ones that were just free thinking that really mm-hmm. didn't apply. And then I go to bed the next day I'll wake up and I'll have a stack of these three by five cards and I'll have three piles. One is keep going. One is I don't know. And one is let go. And I'll yes. quickly first thing in the morning where I have no defenses I'll go through and I say, do I still want this in my life? Right. And I'll go, I'll go through maybe a hundred. Oh, okay. We're back. A little uh, glitch there. Yay. So it's I just go it. through those cards real quick and I'll say, yes, no, this yes. works. This doesn't for me anymore. And then I'll let them go that day. And then that is I amazing. physically will do a ritual with that. Mm-hmm. I'll either burn them in the fire pit mm-hmm. backyard or I'll rip them up and say, I'm saying goodbye to this. I'm saying goodbye to this. I'm saying goodbye to this. That has been so effective for me because I sometimes need the ritual of saying yes. I did it. I thought it through because a lot of it is I I won't let go of things. I'll have emotional clutter because I haven't, I feel like, well, I can't let go of this because I haven't totally figured it out yet. This right. gives me the ritual process of no, I thought about it. I've identified it no longer works for me. It's not what I want in my life. And I have let it go. What I mean, so much of that is is perfect. I mean, I think it's we're saying similar things um, because I'm definitely not somebody who could sit down and meditate and do all of that stuff. It wouldn't work. 
But I will tell you that what you're doing is significant. You're recognizing you're ruminating, which is definitely means that mm -hmm. we're stuck in our cycle and we can't stop. You're looking at it from a standpoint of a, you know, a knowledgeable kind of removed person right? And you're determining what do you have control over and what don't you have to control over? Yes. And you're doing that effective cost. Is the cost enough for me to keep going? Am I still, is there still a return on this emotional investment? And then being able to close it by burning it, it tells your nervous system, we have finished. And so that's a beautiful beautiful ritual. And I've, I've gotten a lot of re relief when I've done some kind of deep dives into these old belief systems or old trauma by doing a ceremony. I acknowledge the feeling, I figure out what I need to keep from it, what I don't need to keep from it, and then I let it go. And it's people very that suffer beautiful. from addiction, Christina. We know this. Like we are obsessive people. We will mm -hmm. stick on things going because we know that's part of uh, recovery is to be able to identify what you're thinking and feeling, be able to put it down and be able to let go. It's so hard. I will tell you, um, when the, when these thoughts come back, a lot of the times what I would have to say to myself is, is like, no, I've already thought about this. Mm -hmm. I've made a decision that I'm moving on and I'm letting go of that. I don't want that right. clutter anymore. I've let right. go of that. And I have to remind myself that, right. And if it comes back, I put it down the card and I do it again. Right. Yes. And I think through this, look, you're not going to be able to live your best life. I think you're not going to be able to live your best recovered life if you have emotional clutter. If right. all you're doing is ruminating and thinking 24 seven about this or that or the other thing, you are still trapped. You might not be drinking, but you're right. trapped. Exactly. And you're, you are what, what's happening with the, the real, you know, sadness about it is that the emotional energy that we're spending, the energy that we're spending in order to keep that effort up where you're ruminating, ruminating, or keep it away from you and say that doesn't matter is costing you energy that you could spend toward doing what you want to do with your life. And, and so that's I it. Think, that's yes. it. Yes. And, and, and that prevents us from having the best life that we can have today. And now there are so many things that we do not have control over and those need to be recognized and surrendered so that you can really focus on what you can do. Can I do anything Absolutely. about this? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so many times it's just the whole process of, of giving yourself permission to let it go. Look, if you're, right. if you're in recovery and you feel tortured every day by your thoughts, emotional clutter might be what's going on with you. We hope we brought a little bit of insight to our experience with it. And I know many people are going to have comments on this because this is a hot button issue right. about emotional clutter, how to let go of it. We definitely appreciate those comments and, uh, you know, in, in all the show notes, we love that because, you know, we love the interaction. We do. And, and just remember that the most effective way is not only <clears throat> outside in, it's also inside out. And so you do a little bit of both every day, a little bit, positive thinking, ceremony, ritual, recognition, sharing, identifying, and that will bring you peace and you won't have to walk around having a 60 pound backpack on your back. Absolutely. Let it go. That's what I'm saying. Let it go. It's been a great episode. Thanks so much, Christina. We will see you guys on the next episode of Recovered Life. Have a beautiful Wednesday. Mwah.
Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.